When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet to come. Aha! Hit the drop. Mike, do your job. I don't have everything ready. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. More impactful, Dave Roberts' stolen base or Nicholas Batum's block against Slovenia. <laughs> Next. Earlier on the show, sprinting legend Rich Eisen, Boston Red Sox radio voice Joe Castiglione, writer and director Kay Cannon. Coming up, director McLean Way. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ben Lyons. What does the tattoo say, Mike? What does the tattoo say? <laughs> We're making radio. What, what does the tattoo? You have a tattoo. It says music. Oh, that's what he thinks it says, Ben. These so guys. Great. I had it confirmed from my friend that was Japanese. His wife said it's perfect. I was a little scared for a minute because it was like people get these tattoos and they're like, <laughs> they could be wrong. So I was like, to ask your wife. He took a picture. She goes, it says music. Ben lines in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. Uh, I remember the scene in Funny People when I think it's uh, Seth Rogen. He's talking to Aubrey Plaza and they want to go to the concert. And he says, "So, do you like music? Do you like music? That's your that's your line." But apparently, Judd Apatow stole that from Mike Del Tufo because in the nineties, uh, an era. Uh, known for great sports. <laughs> no, 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 no. First of all, and great I music. said, yeah, exactly. Thank you. And Del Tufo was out there in Jersey rolling up on people saying, hey, check out my arm. Do you like music? Oh, I was mixing down at the Jersey Shore before the Jersey Shore. Hold people. on, Mike. A little bit deeper on this oh, ink yes. that you have. When did you get it? Ooh, I, it's because I got to tell you what. I, I had known you at least... I, Five, six, seven years before I even knew that you you just popped open your shirt sleeve one day here a few years ago, and I was like, "What is that on your arm?" And you're like, "Oh no, I have a tattoo. It says music." And I'm just like, "You what? What are you? You would be the last person on earth I would suspect of I having." Had a, ink. I had a girlfriend that she was a big tattoo part, like she had them, you know, sleeves and stuff, and she's like, "Get a tattoo," and I went. Guy that she knew, boom, did it. And you're like, oh, okay, sure, music. But I was like, what do you want to do on it? Like, you know, I was, I, I should get the established 1966. Like, uh, you LeBron's get, got no, LeBron's you should got. get movies and television, <laughs> sports, <laughs> radio, <laughs> politics, food, mixing, music, DJing. I wanted to put. You like should a, just get like, like the a, Delta console when you just sit in the flight and the screen comes up. And you got your music options, <laughs> film, TV series. So I want to run this down, like so. You were like, okay, she convinced you to do it. Yeah, and I went and did it. And then you went Boom. and just immediately did it? Yeah. No, there like was Like, same day? 
We, like, was it uh, over the no, course no, no, of no, a no, week? No, 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 because you got to make an appointment with this guy. Okay. It took like so. Two it days. took like a month or something. No, two no. Days. And then so you yeah. so it's very large too. So you decided to go straight arm, yeah, upper so you arm. Hide it if you need that. So it's hidden hidden under like yeah. a like a polo shirt. You didn't want like your shoulder or your leg or anything. No, no everyone says the back here is like really painful. Oh, so you were like you were looking shoulder. at. Least pain possible. Exactly. I'm surprised you didn't go in and say, I'll take the Udonis Haslam, please, and get the entire state of Florida tattooed on your back. <laughs> that true cool. story. You the closest Haslam, I Haslam. ever got to a tattoo, I feel uh, okay to tell this story today because it's his birthday. Shout out to Sean Carey, my oldest friend, Jock Street. We were juniors in high school, went downtown. We were very into Chris Heron. Massachusetts oh, guy, yeah, of Fall course. River, Fall River Dreams, great written story, by Bill Reynolds, one of the great sports books of yeah. all time. We loved that story. Chris was a, a figure of inspiration for us. Sean's uncle was an assistant coach on those Fresno teams out there with Jerry Tarkanian, that Chris played on with Ray for, El uh, Ray for Alston, I yeah. think Melvin Eli, and some characters on those teams. So my buddy Sean would go out in the summertime in high school and train with those guys. And he got to know Chris Heron. Wow. So in high school, we thought it was a really good idea to go down to uh, Union Square in New York City and find a tattoo parlor and get the Chris Heron tattoo. Now, I, like I said, I thought we thought it was a good idea, but Sean was the one going to get the tattoo. And again, happy birthday, Jock Street. It's his birthday today. And he got the Chris Heron tattoo, which is his name in Gaelic writing and a shamrock on his arm. But it turns out that the tattoo that Sean got is Old English writing, so it's not the exact same. And then it's a four-leaf clover, which apparently Irish people just are not fans of, like, at all. <laughs> so it's kind of off. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and 20 years later, as fate would have it, he showed that tattoo to Chris Heron. And the look of horror on Heron's face <laughs> that he had inspired someone at a young age to make such a poor decision... <laughs> was horrifying, but then he was reminded that, wow. well, Chris could have inspired some other poor decisions, so if very, that was the worst yeah. of it, other very, very out. poor decisions. Okay, but yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. great when he busts out the, uh, the carry So he tattoo. still has it? He didn't get it removed? Tattoo, Brock, yeah, but man. you can get those removed now. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a you tattoo. You can get them removed. Can That's you, a process, though. though. Yeah, it's a easy. process. Have you ever gotten close? Did you ever think about it? Never thought about it. Not no. once. I There's nothing I want permanently on my body like I mean, that. I can't I couldn't imagine. Not a big fan of the pain. I mean, I have no problem with needles, but not into the, like... It the, actually wasn't as bad as you thought. Also, the idea of, like, oh, I'm going to get this thing that's going to take... I'm gonna just going to sit in this chair for seven hours... Well, they it doesn't do take that long. It depends what you get. I mean, when I was going out to Vegas like, all the yeah, time, the I used to one. see some really good ones out in Vegas. My favorite one was the chicken nugget on the forearm and the uh, barbecue sauce on the bicep. So you would dunk oh. the nugget. Oh, that is fantastic. See, those are that's Pretty cool. strong, actually. I see, like that's that. hilarious. I'm yeah. actually like, the, just the other day was the five year anniversary of the only tattoo I ever got. So I got it five years ago, like this week. What did you get? Trust the process? No, it was. Um, I, I told you guys before. My nephew at nine yeah. years old yeah, passed yeah, away. No, so no. what happened is when he on his 18th birthday, I went and got his name tattooed here. My boy G Spot tattoo. I got his name tattooed here on my forearm. I think so, that's uh, that's an emotional connection yeah, to something cool. in your life that's right. part of your life journey, and it was very challenging for yeah. you, and still is to the to this day. Yeah, and that's, for sure. that's obviously very personal, important. 
Or you can get music. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel well, like I, I would Tom Brady. I should get on this arm because I love Tom Brady now. Oh. Like, he knows Tom, getting stuff we like. Del Tufo loves Tom Brady the way you now love the Lakers. It was one ah, of those type of things. Listen, right? I remember going yeah. to the forum. You know, we would go first to uh, Nate Nows in Beverly Hills and see Doctor Bus, see Jerry and all the gang, Linda Rambis. You know, and we'd all go down to the forum. <laughs> so many memories hanging out there at the forum with Diane. And, Sharon and Jack. Every Laker fan gives you their resume. Of course. I've learned that in my short time in Los Angeles. I also oh, no, feel no. Like for tattoos. I was there for Shaq and Kobe. I was there for the alley oop. Apparently, Staples Center holds 100,000 people. Exactly. Apparently. Yeah. Did you know that the night that Kobe uh, scored 60 points in his last game, there were 200,000 people at Staples Center? <laughs> I've so met 150,000. It's so of them. true. Watch that in New York, that used to be funny when we were kids because people would say they were at everything. Like, you went to this, you went to that. And back in the day, you know, you know, it was a yeah, Mike, media. you do that. But I've been at everything. <laughs> That's the difference. It's like I don't lie about it. I have proof. I feel like with tattoos, though, like we used to have our more people in the studio. Nick and Casey were the, the camera guys. They've got a bunch of weird tattoos. Well, crew guys. The crew guys are always going right. to be tattooed. So There's always like, going to be. Most yeah. crew guys have a lot more than music on their arms. But I, I also feel like. <laughs> I, also, that they're was, the only human beings who can wear shorts in January in New York, and it's all good. I don't know how yes. they're able to do that. But I, I, would, that I would have a few, and then I would solve, all of a sudden it'd, it'd be like Pete Davidson. I would just have all these weird things. I'm like. Bada bing, or like the like the jump man. Oh, you mean like J.R. Smith having a Decepticon on his chest? <laughs> right, or like Abraham Might Lincoln. Might be an I apologize. Across my sure. neck, like yeah. I would get all this weird. Like a, who has a who has like the emoji though? Like the one hundred emoji. Like I feel like that would start happening. It'd be like, oh, this is awesome. Let's go get that. Like the. I'm looking at the Caddyshack trivia thing. I would get the gopher. That actually that you're be funny. Into. When Just it has a personal meaning, like. when it yeah. has a real connection to your journey, to your path, to the souls in this universe who have connected with yours, that's a beautiful thing. Like, you don't put, like, the, the, the girlfriend. Don't like put names. Names other than mom. It's fine. Dad, mom, mom like, his doing family, family members. members are fine, but it's fine. like, girlfriends, girlfriends and why. You like, don't know how nah. long that's going to last. You're going to be getting that ink. I would have had to have gotten it removed. I mean, exactly. you know, Ben, a few, few years ago when I was still living in Pittsburgh, I decided I was going to get a tattoo. Remember Mad Lion? Of course. Got to take Lion. it easy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So Mad Lion, his, his album cover was this line, because I'm a Leo, this lion with this wild mane, and he's got a gold tooth, and he's smoking a, a, he's smoking a cigar. And uh, so I was going to get that tattooed on You're my gonna calf. You're going to get the Mad Lion tattoo I was going to get the Mad Lion leg. tattoo on Did my we calf. we just become best friends? <laughs> so I go, I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm on Carson Street on the south side. Me and my boy Gary go into this tattoo place. There's one tattoo guy. We sat in there for like half an hour. And then it, that 30 minutes gave me a time to think about it. I'm like, do I really love yeah, Mad Lion exists, this much? Yeah, I that do. Exit strategy. But should then I get it was Buju like, Bantan okay. instead, or should I go with Mad Lion? <laughs> well, it was either going to be Mad Lion or J. Rue the Damager, you know, but I, I, I was going to go with Tremendous. Mad Lion. I hope that guy is doing well. Any I'm updates? Sure. First time in the history of the Rich Eisen show, we get a J. Rue the Damager mention, huh? <laughs> J. Rue, bro. Great. I have no idea who that is. Oh, bro. J. Rue had some. Were you a blase, blase guy with the cues in the house? Yes. Yeah. There you go. No, he knows that one. When the cues is in the house, oh my God. Oh my God. Shout out John Wallace. Come on. Blase, blase. It's a serious shout, shout out Jason Sapola and John Wallace and the late Al McGuire doing the dance after we beat Georgia. How great What's is up? that at that time that they were, there was just a record that was hot in New York? Syracuse went on that great run. 96. National championship game. John Wallace. They came out with the Cuses in the house t shirts. T shirts. 
Really great enterprise they had going the there. Way, I still some of the name, will, image, and likeness. They I still great. hashtag Cuses in the house on my Syracuse tweets. I did it <laughs> just the other day when Bayheim's Army won the TBT. What's up? Yeah. Shout out Eric Devendorf. So he is a blase blase. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Otis Hill, remember that team? Oh, of course. Otis, Otis Hill had the thin uh, chin strap beard back then. Otis Hill on one of the, uh, was like one of the all time great just college players in my memory. Just college. I don't even know if he went to the league or anything yeah. like that. But certain guys. You know, uh, you think of Ed Coda. Oh, the, the high dribble Ed Coda. Yeah, you know, Shaheen Holloway at Seton Hall. Certain guys who, in my eyes, were just such hoopers, uh, but never made it all the way. You know who's going back home in the NBA? A homecoming of sorts? Iggy. Iggy's yeah. going to the Bay. Yeah, Andre Iguodala. Well, technically home is Philly. We had him first. Yeah, so. but he got a, he's a finals MVP in Golden State. Okay, Tech entrepreneur and a scratch golfer in the Bay. Didn't learn how to get up and down from the rough out in Philadelphia. Learned that out in Southern California. Andre Iguodala, it's a nice pickup if he's got something left in the tank for them. Is that I think trying that's to reload question. in Golden State? Golden yeah, State didn't really do much. The big question, how much does Iggy have left? Not sure. But Golden State uh, didn't add a lot. They kept their draft picks. I think they're just re- really re- relying on Clay coming back and Wiseman developing. He had a late-season injury, but coming back as well. They lose Tsunami Poppy, but they develop Jordan Poole. And they look to get Clay back healthy. Steph, of course, with the extension. Don't sleep on Golden State all of a sudden. And... They've got some flexible deals. You package Wiseman and Wiggins. You might be able to go out and get something. They lost Jaron Collins as an assistant coach. I was bummed to see that. Jaron, uh, one of the great guys in the NBA, heading down to New Orleans. We just all have to pray to the basketball gods that Clay Thompson can stay healthy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. It's just not good for the game when you got a guy that. No, I do enjoy his videos uh, kayaking in the San Francisco (laughs) Harbor as well. He's living his life. He kayaks to practice. His father is one of the most fascinating people on the planet. People Wait a don't minute. really know on a national level how interesting Michael Thompson is. Kayaks to practice? Yeah, you haven't seen the videos? I, Guys, this is what we do here on this show. Google K- a Clay Thompson <laughs> kayaking to practice. So just like and you, thank I, me later. I'd hop in and, and take, you know, yeah, a 10-minute drive car, to work. go he, down Lincoln, you take 10 minutes to get to work. So he'd hop in this yes. kayak, paddle to the, the new arenas facility. right there on the wow. water. Okay. Clay's... Uh, Kayaking to practice That's in the San Francisco Harbor. He's the son level. of Michael Thompson. This this video is ties from March thirtieth, twenty twenty one, on YouTube. Clay Thompson kayaks to practice again, but gets derailed by some scary mist in the bay. If that's not a is that that's not clickbait, then I don't know what is. The minute that's and got, seventeen that's got seconds. Me downloading I don't know what's um, like I said the other day, guys. Warriors fourth best championship odds for twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, ten to one. Bringing Andre Iguodala, a champion, a, a, a situational defender. You need a couple series to throw somebody at LeBron in Western Conference Finals. You need to, if Melo goes unconscious, Melo's like eight of nine for three. Yeah. I guess we'll put in Iggy, like just breaking <laughs> it in case of emergency, I guess. Hey, you know, speaking of Warriors going to a movie tip tonight for the next three days in Gardenia. They're showing the Warriors in the drive-in theater, and I'm Whoa. really considering going one of these. Nights. The Warriors, the old school movie? The old about, school Warriors, yeah. Here's exactly. another thing to put into your Google machine. See yes. if you can find this one. Jeffrey Lyons destroying Warriors in his review from he WPIX like in 1978 or whenever that came on, wearing a very loud <laughs> Mikey, we're plaid, talking Warriors, bro. blazer. He goes in on the Warriors. I love pulling up my dad's old movie reviews that he just completely missed the mark Wait, on. why was I mean, he not into that? Oh, he's offended, the violence, these oh. people in the street. Oh, he's all in, not into it at all. What Go watch the review on the What Google. is maybe the, your dad's biggest swing and miss? The Warriors? 
that's a good one. I got to I got to think of a dig in. Oh, I know, one. I know. Juana Juana Man. He's on the box for Juana Man. That's easy. <laughs> Literally on the box for Juana Man. Because he liked it? He loved it. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I think your dad was a miss because he thought the 86 Red Sox should have won that World Series. Yeah, they that, that have. one muscle man that is standing up in the hotel in Orlando as he was oh knocking him God. down. I hope he had a good sleep in the shower that night. He did pass out in the shower. <laughs> Finding my father passed out in the shower after the Bill Buckner game definitely made an Can you dig it? Can you dig journey. it? Can you dig it? He's on the box for Juana Man. I think, I think cocktail as well, which I don't think is a miss. He does say totally entertaining. And I saw that. I was like, yes, he was right. It cocktail. is totally No, by the way, cocktail is, totally is a remote drop every day. Cocktail's a remote drop. I would have loved to have been a film critic. Juana, I would have fun. I would have fun. I envy your father because that would have like. Telling you, balance out that other bicep. You got hey, music ben, and movies. What kind of movies, you yeah. Go. Ben, you know, now, since we have a little time, you know, we've spoken a lot since you've been here the last three weeks about your dad. But you never really, I mean, we know, but you never really come out and said what it is that your dad does. And this seems like the perfect opportunity. Oh, to, my dad's a film critic. Don't know. Yeah. Film critic in New York for over 45 years, reviewed over 10,000 movies, covered Broadway as well, yeah. done interviews, written seven books, including a new baseball book about the Red Sox, the history of every great player at, posi- at every position, and Boston Red Sox history. So he's the most interesting man in the world, and which is amazing considering never drinks alcohol, that he was too high on really? baseball. So, That's awesome. So wow. he's the real Dos Equis man and, and, and doesn't throw him back. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, 76 years old and being like, what time is the Fast 9 screening? <laughs> you got love for, for what it is you do. So we should all be he's so a, lucky. As Rich would say, a lead pipe welding professional. Lead pipe welding yeah. professional. Well, That's Rich awesome. and I grew up on his father. We talked about that. Very, very excited to have on our next guest, Mac Way. He's part of this incredible new series that's dropping next week on Netflix. It's called Untold. It's a great series of sports documentaries. I had the chance to watch the one about the malice at the palace. There's one about your golfing buddy, Marty Fish there, Brockman. Yeah, I love Marty uh, This Fish. is going to be really talked about next week, so we're excited to have Mac on this week here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. 
improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 40 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com that season i was still going crazy emotionally i was still going the opposite directions but the guy who threw the cup of bear at me john green who's a friend of mine now it was a $50 bet. So when the guy raised his hand and I and I got hit on the scores table, I thought he hit me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no reason for anybody to be raising their hands and cheering because the game is not going on. So I'm like, okay, you hit me. I went in that direction. And then John Green was like, he saw me running and he kind of skinned it up like, oh, uh, I hope Meta don't, or Ron doesn't think it's me. Right? So, um, so the guy raised his hand because he owed John Green $50 that he could hit me. So they was just drunk, having fun, which... Everybody does that, does silly things, but you know, it cost me, it cost me tons and tons of millions of dollars. But you're friends with the guy who, who hit you with the beer? Uh, absolutely. This is the reason why, this is the reason why I reached out to him because I, I didn't, I don't like the whole grudges, you know? Um, and then also, and this life is bigger than um, getting hit with a cup of beer, getting suspended, losing tens and tens of millions of dollars. And um, you know, uh, life is bigger than that. You understand? And things happen, <laughs> you know, um, and we move on. How did you re- how'd you find him? How'd you find him? Well, when, when I first got suspended from the bro, I thought everybody hated me. I was still young, you know, in my own mind. I had like three, four personalities at that age <laughs> um, or hearing things, right? And I was just going crazy at that age. And then I said, you know, I need to get rid of this. I need to feel better about myself. So I reached out to I, on Twitter. I said, hey, if anybody can find this picture, I'll take you to lunch. I didn't put the name because it was John Green, and I didn't want people to think Ron Artest is reaching out to John Green to start a fight, you know? So I put the picture up, mm-hmm. and um, this guy said, I know who that is. That's John Green, and he found him for me. He gave me his number. I called the number from direct message, and it, and it said, uh, this number has been changed, and then it gives you the right number, right? So, and then, um, so it don't make no sense why they did that back in the days. Right, exactly. <laughs> It's pretty stupid, right? Sure. So then I called, I called the number. I said, um, hey, this is Ron. Can I speak to John? His wife answers, and she says, get the F out of here, right? <laughs> That's what she says. Stop playing games. I said, no, I'm serious. This is Ron. Mm-hmm. And then she says, hey, John, Ron's on the phone, right? <laughs> like, we are friends. It's the funniest story. I wish we could have filmed it. John answers the phone, and this is the, this is the guy who threw the cup at me. I can see why. He's crazy. He answers the phone and says, hey, Ron, what's up? Like, he knows me. <laughs> you understand? What <laughs> hey, Ron, what's up? How you doing? Very sorry. <laughs> he said right away. He didn't I'm very even sorry. check to see if it was me. Like he just knew it was me. I would have. I, I would. I. I would have paid anything to hear that conversation. It was amazing. It was. And he said, "You know, I'm sorry about what happened." And then he told me the story about the bet. You know, um, which was like wow. Like it made me feel so much better about that situation. Great Ron Artest chopping it up with Rich Eisen back in the day on the Rich Eisen show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. And I remember watching the Malice at the Palace live, watching the game, it's crazy. games unfolding, and then all chaos 
broke loose and it's one of the wildest things to ever happen yeah. during my lifetime as a sports fan and it is one of the uh, incredible documentaries that are part of this five-part docu-series event on netflix called untold and the footage that they're able to unearth that the nba had never allowed to be seen again or out there is just incredible they're five great documentaries in this first batch and we're joined now by the curator and, and the filmmaker behind several of them, uh, Mac Way, joins the show. It's great to have you on, man. Congratulations on this thing finally coming out. We've been hearing rumblings about it in Hollywood for a long time. How do you feel that we're on the verge of Untold finally being shared with the world? It, it's exciting. It, 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 it has. I feel like that is if, if we have like any rumors about our show, it's always that, which is like, man, this is still the same one you guys are, are working on. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, man, still the same one. Um, but no, we are like unbelievably thrilled and excited to finally get these out. Can't wait for Tuesday for our Malice in the Palace episode to drop. It's going to be fun. I remember we first connected at Sundance for the Battered Bastards of Baseball. That's right. And then you went on and did this incredible series, Wild Wild Country, which is just so Thank fascinating. And, and then now you have this project. And honestly, it was kind of like the Great White Whale, this idea of, the, oh, the Way Brothers are doing this sports thing with Netflix. And nobody really knew what it was. Everybody was fans of your previous work. But what was it about this series? What was it about this approach to having multiple stories uh, that really grabbed you and inspired you as a filmmaker? Yeah, absolutely. You kind of nailed it. You know, our first doc was on a Netflix documentary on a minor league baseball team called the Portland Mavericks that my grandfather had owned. And that was really our debut documentary and our first documentary. And then we kind of right after that jumped headfirst into something that was like 180 degrees in a different direction. You know, the Roshnish Purim story of this cult that had built this $100 million utopian city in Oregon and kind of ignited warfare out there. And then once that came out, you know, we had like a lot of options. I think like truthfully, we were probably pitched like every cult story under the sun so after a while that kind of our eyes started to glaze over a bit um but sports is just like we're huge fans of sports documentary we're huge sports fans ourselves um i was a very mediocre left-handed baseball pitcher that topped out at like 78 miles an hour so maybe there was some wish fulfillment on my part to to get to talk to real professional athletes and and work with them um and netflix was a great partnership like basically we started out with our marty fish documentary but ultimately just expanded it into uh five five sports documentary films this is volume one um and we wanted to kind of make a big play a big splash in sports talks and see see if we can add something to the conversation mclean way joins the show the emmy winning producer and director part of this new series untold for netflix ben lines in for rich on the rich eisen show our super producer chris brockman has a marty fish connection yeah, it's not really? great. It's not great. Marty Fish, as you know, phenomenal golfer, in addition to being a, an accomplished yeah. tennis player, played in a uh, charity tournament with Marty a, a couple years right. ago. Uh, he single-handedly led us to first place, which won us a free travel bag. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> my, my, my first Marty Fish story is that uh, I was like, all right, let's meet up. And he's like, great, let's go to Katsua in Brentwood. I, he's like, I eat lunch there every day. And I, I was like, all right, maybe he's been like a little hyperbolic. But like we go in and the place isn't even open. It feels like they've like specifically opened it for him. And he gets to order the Marty Fish roll. He has his own sushi roll named after him at that Katsua. <laughs> I was pretty blown away. Uh, but he's just been an unbelievably fun guy to work with. Uh, yeah, our connection with him is like uh, weirdly our 
high, one of our best buddies from high school is the American uh, tennis player Sam Query, and we we don't talk about this often, but we were uh, embarrassingly a part of the Samurai, which was Sam Query's uh, fan group. We would follow Sam around at tennis tournaments and cause a, a bunch of problems, and, and, and we uh, had a lot of ruckus. Uh, but we got to know Marty a bit there, and we're super excited to partner up with him on this one. Mac Way joins the show. I was saying before you jumped on, I had a chance to watch the mouse at the palace one. And yeah. I love documentaries that I think going into them, I know everything about it. Yeah. I remember watching it live. I know Ron Artest. I've talked to Steven yeah. Jackson about this. I'm a basketball historian. I know this. But you're able to show us different sides of these men, different sides of this story that found, I found myself just connected to it in a completely different way. What was oh, it about you. this story that obviously inspired you as a filmmaker, but what challenges were there when you knew there were guys in the audience like me who were like, wait a minute, I know everything about this already? Yeah, for sure. It's a great question. And like, ultimately, I think it came down to a couple things. One was just like our faith. It, it, it's similarly, like, I remember when Malice in the Palace happened. It's one of the few sports events that you can kind of share those stories about with other people about where you were and what you were doing when it all happened but really it, it started with our conversations with jermaine o'neill you know who really wanted it had, had had wanted to do something on this for years um and it's really kind of where the theme of untold came from and i feel like the 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 subtext to untold is it's not necessarily that these sorts sports stories haven't been covered like they've been covered and, and talked about for sure but at least talking to Jermaine and having faith in him and Ron and Steven Jackson that they hadn't been told through like their POVs, like their perspective. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we did these as puff pieces or anything, but we definitely tried to like edit score, uh, put the audience on the journey through like their lens. And that's ultimately what I'm super proud about. I think the other thing that just drew us to this is just like the unaired footage we were able to get. Um, we, we luckily filed the Freedom of Information Act with like the Auburn Hills Police Department, and they had all these camera angles that were like fascinating and things that I had never seen on YouTube, and it was good quality. Um, and at that point, we felt like, all right, we have like some pretty awesome unaired footage that's never been seen. We have these great characters who are willing to be like raw, uncensored, vulnerable. Sometimes, like at times, they admit fault, but at times, they feel like a lot of blame got put on them as well. And we felt like, all right, we have enough magic here to go make something special. Mac Way joins the show, Untold, the new documentary series on Netflix, premieres next week, finally, after many years in the works. You hear rumblings about it in Hollywood for a long time. Oh, the Way Brothers, they're working on this cool new Untold thing. Now it's finally coming out. One of the stories centers on Caitlyn Jenner, and I would imagine it's a challenge as a filmmaker with a subject like that to put the story to bed, because I feel like she's in the news, continuing to make news every week now. Uh, what was it about her story that you really wanted to kind of shine a light on because there's obviously so much there when you're talking about Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about Caitlyn is, like, she's one of the few, you know, iconic celebrities, I think, in our country where different generations have so many different... I don't know if um, opinions is the right word, but just different, like uh, a different contextualization for her. You know, like uh, for someone like my father or my mother, like they remember Caitlin that you know 1976 Montreal Games, you know, destroying the decathlon over 48 hours, breaking the world record, winning gold. And then I think for like our generation, like honestly, like it was more of a keeping up with the Kardashians, like reality TV star. Like I, I think I had some understanding of what she accomplished at the games, but didn't really have a full, you know, idea of what that story was. And then similarly to Malice, I mean, it, it's not the most exciting answer in the world, but ultimately, like, we went to the IOC, the Olympic Committee, and they just had, like, 
30 hours of like this pristine 16 millimeter film following Jenner around at the games. Um, we approached Caitlin and talked to her and she kind of expressed, you know, a similar thing to what I had talked about, which is like hey, for, for the idea for her to go back and talk about the blood, sweat and tears and her athletic performance and what she did to win gold uh, with our footage felt like, you know, man, this is a, this is a great opportunity to kind of almost recontextualize one of the most famous people in our country's origin story, so to speak. Mac Way joins the show. The series is Untold. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. One of the five that are coming out in this first bundle, you had a chance to direct uh, along with we Chapman did. called Crime and Penalties. Tell me about this one. This one is, this is one of our favorites. It, I, I say it with a smile on my face and a giggle in my voice because tonally it's different. It's, it's, I, I think it's probably the most like, comical documentary we've ever made, which it can be tough to, to, to pull those off. Um, but it's essentially about a man named Jimmy Galante, who was a, a huge waste hauling figure on, on the East Coast. Rumors abound that uh, Tony Soprano was based off of him. Uh, and he has this son named AJ, similar to the show. Um, and AJ was this high school obsessed hockey player. And in the last game of his high school career, he rips his knee, uh, tears his ACL, and can never play hockey again. And so what does Jimmy, his father, do? Uh, he buys him a minor league hockey team in the United Hockey League. Of course, they're called the Danbury Trashers because of Jimmy's waste hauling business. Um, and he instills his 17-year-old son, AJ, as the president and general manager. And it's usually at that point that I like to say, and madness ensues. <laughs> they were the, they were the self-titled bad boys of hockey. They basically stacked their team with bruisers and bullies and enforcers, and they just uh, violently beat up on teams and won games. And it, I don't want to give away the ending of the doc too much, but the federal government comes in, gets involved, and ultimately the team is disbanded by the federal government, which I don't think has happened too often in professional sports. So uh, for us, it was just too good of a story. And, and these characters and guys were just too, too, fun to, uh, too, too much fun not to work with. Corruption, the federal government, hockey. You've got Mike Del Tufo's 10 bucks. He's in. <laughs> I'm in. Del Tufo's yeah, all in. Uh, the Battered Bastards of Baseball is one of my favorite sports docs in recent memories. I mentioned that we connected out at Sundance when you guys premiered the film. It's been a few years now. Has there been talks of maybe a scripted version of the story? I feel like it's so ripe for a continuation of this world because it's a really unique time in baseball history. Oh, man, I'd be the first one to buy a ticket and go see it. <laughs> I would love for uh, a scripted remake of Batter Bastards. Exactly like you said, I love those characters. I love that setting, Northwest 1970s, the ballparks that these guys would play in. They take a bus to these games, and they ultimately just kind of live, the dream on, uh, live their dream on like a low level of professional baseball uh, with really out any you know dreams or illusions that they would make it to the big leagues, but they still find a, a lot of happiness. I would love to see it get made. Uh, we I, out of Sundance, we had partnered with a, a company that had bought the scripted rights and tried to get into development. It's 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 crazy, you know. We're we're in the documentary world, and I think like. 90% of the reason why we're in that world is because we can just go get our cameras, go call the people, go find interviews, go get archive footage, and we can make these things. Scripted world's a lot, a lot, lot more pieces to navigate there, uh, but at the end of the day, we'd love to see that get made. Last thing I'll leave you with, you mentioned the idea of, as a documentary filmmaker, feeling empowered where you don't need to play the Hollywood game. You can just go out there and shoot yeah. something. Now that you've immersed yourself in the world of sports, this five-part series makes its debut next week another five episodes to come hopefully by the end of the year or very soon 
Are you trying to do something completely out of sports next, or are you now fully and great, you know, engulfed in the world of sports storytelling? Do you see that for your next yeah, project as well? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that like we chase the stories first. You know, I, I do think with 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 Untold, um, we're really excited to hopefully build something here that 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 splashes in and that people dive into and watch. And super excited about Volume One and Volume Two. And as long as it works for Netflix, we'll keep making these for for definitely a long time. Um, definitely with the first five, and 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 still working on it today. Uh, we're very hands on. We had a great team of collaborators, directors, and editors, and producers that really all pulled these together. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I, I think we're excited to still keep our hand in this in in this little. Uh, sports industry uh but hopefully uh also find other stories that that need to be told because we would be always really excited to go do that as well as someone who's a fan of your work and just a fan of the genre of sports storytelling i'm so excited for this to finally be coming out after all these years so congratulations and we appreciate you taking some time man of course thanks so much for having me mac way joining the show part of the team behind untold which will be a huge deal on netflix when it drops next week i know we're a little early on it on the rich eisen show and uh, these films haven't come out yet, but trust me, when you see the documentary about the Malice of the Palace, you'll, you'll connect to that event in a different way. And I think that's the great thing about sports storytelling is that we know these games, we have a relationship, we think, with these players, but then a great filmmaker can show us a different side of a great sporting moment or an athlete who's impacted us, and it has us as fans connect to it in a much deeper, thoughtful way. So looking forward to audiences seeing that. And we've got some uh, celebrity birthdays coming up to round out the show, plus... TJ is going to break down one of the great moments of this year's Olympic Games. When we came in this morning, this dude put me on to something that I said, wow, that's what the Olympics is all about. Del Tufo's shocked that TJ's <laughs> actually contributing to the show. <laughs> ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eyes on Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Where do you wear?
wear gold medals? Well, I, I do keep them nearby the, the first couple of weeks and months because a lot of people do do like to see them. I wouldn't say I take them to the grocery store on a regular basis. Katie, and, and you kind of gave Michelle Tafoya some side eye when she suggested that maybe this was your last Olympics. I love Michelle, and I've always had my, my eyes set on, on Paris and uh, I think I've been pretty clear about that over the past several years. I, I don't have my goals yet for Paris. All I know is I want to be there and I want to compete for Team USA. But for right now, I'm still letting Tokyo 2021 sink in. Josiah Johnson, who watched his dad shirtless celebrate the Milwaukee Bucks win. What was that like for you? He's looking real good out there. He's like 260. We might have to get him tested for ACA. So I don't know. You know, if he was in the Olympics right now, he might get banned. He's looking too good for 65. So something's got to be up. Did you ever reach that point where you're like, let me see if I can take the old man? For most of my life, I just thought my dad was washed because when I was like 13, 14, I was giving him buckets, giving him that work one-on-one. But <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, uh, his parents and him did a great job of just documenting all his games. So I'm giving, you know, everybody in the league buckets. Dr. J, he blocked Kareem's shot, which he's got on his phone now. I remember uh, LeBron came to play to UCLA. He pulled LeBron aside, pulled up that clip and blocking Kareem just to show LeBron he was certified. And yesterday, I came out of the restroom. Again, beautiful facilities here at the Rich Eisen Studios. Had everything we needed. And the world has change. Carmelo <laughs> Anthony signed with the Lakers and I have to go buy a purple and gold jersey now. Look at the Instagram. He put the L as a Lakers L. He first moved to Los Angeles right around the time where Kirk Gibson hit that home run. My friend Brian and I at the time, we made our money to cross country gambling on the Mets in 88. I had just gotten a divorce and had bad memories on every street corner in New York and he goes, Hey, let's move to L.A. And I went, okay. We got seats to the Mets and Dodgers. And we, of course, bet the Mets. They lost. So I dropped it all, whatever I had left on Oakland in game one. And I always ask, why, oh, why, after he fouled off and couldn't catch up to 10 straight fastballs, did he throw him backdoor slider? No one can answer that. Not even Eckersley. Gibson put one hand on it. Dodgers won. And I was broke. And that's uh, my first week in L.A. It's been well established that this was a one-off. You know, I got a, I got a call from Jason. He called me and said, this is a soccer thing. And, like, if we do it, we get to go to England for three whole days. And then they got to fly us out to, uh, to go see a Premier League game later when the season starts. I'm like, oh, great. This is the best gig ever. They really liked it. Apparently, it did very well for them. And so they had us come back to another one the next year. And by that point... Then we were really starting to like it. Like, this is just flat-out fun to do, you know? And, and Jason really clearly loves his character, and we just wanted to find a way to keep doing it. Six months after that, we were in London again for substantially longer than three days. <laughs> ben Lines here on the show, filling in for Rich. Rich, of course, part of all the festivities happening this weekend out in Canton. Charles Woodson weekend, they're calling it, in Ohio. What a, what a great opportunity for the state of Ohio, essentially just to say, I'm sorry to Charles. Isn't that great? Charles Woodson back out and first time, Ohio. Uh, first time we ever met Charles Woodson was at the old, was at NFL network on the old show before we were over here, uh, just doing the regular podcast. Uh, you know, I've been with Rich a long time. So Charles Woodson comes in, Rich goes, Oh, Hey, this is my buddy, Chris. He's a Patriots fan. Charles sits down and goes, well, what is he doing here then? Charles Woodson still not over the tuck roll fumble. Love it. I love it. You know, I, I, I give a lot of these NBA guys their props for their love of, of vineyards and wine and grapes, oh, crushing Charles. grapes. But 
Charles has been on the crushed grapes. Intercept wines. Going for it, man. He also Woodson has a, wines. He also has a the bourbon. Whiskey, yeah. Oh, my, a whiskey. Oh, my, so good. Yeah. Had a chance to uh, play in Charles Woodson uh, wine tournament, which was a lot of fun out there at Silverado. Nothing like uh, getting a bunch of ex-Raiders and free wine together. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> Although Raiders players and fans, Charles aside, don't yeah. don't really strike me as wine guys. No, that's what was so great about <laughs> yeah, it. Is I mean? You have some guy like standing in the gallery, painting his face silver and black, like smelling of. <laughs> hey, Charles, uh, what kind of uh, aging what? process is there on the Cabernet here? You I don't know? know about the tannins of this. Yeah, uh... tannin, a lot of tannin talk from the Raider Nation <laughs> that weekend at the Charles Woodson event. You know, I love coming in the show early because you funny. guys do such a great job getting me prepared for the show. You know, we're going over information, stories, uh, numbers. TJ says to me, hey, you see what happened in wrestling? And Knowing this crew, I'm often like, oh, wait, it's the Friday. Was there Thursday Night Raw? Like, I don't think, <laughs> what kind of wrestling down. are you talking about? Uh, did Stone Cold come back? No, then I'm not interested. Uh, but what happened in the world of wrestling yesterday? Oh, well, just first of all, Thursdays belong to Impact Wrestling, just so you know, in case you were wondering. Got to watch my boys, the Good Brothers, get busy last night. Uh, but no, Gable Stevenson, uh, United States heavyweight wrestler out of the University of Minnesota. He's a guy who's... Been pretty famous and well known since I believe he was in high school, and I, you know, his name, image, and likeness, I'm sure, is going to blow up. But he pulled off something that I feel is going to go down as one of the all-time great buzzer beaters in history. He was wrestling a guy from Georgia, not the state Georgia, but the country of Georgia, and with 10 seconds remaining, he was down in the match. Basically, this guy scored with one second left. Ooh. One second left. Match over, and he wins the gold medal for America in Olympic wrestling. And, you know, it was pretty amazing to sit there and watch. And, you know, I'm still not that sure. I remember back in high school during gym class, we used to have like a week or two weeks of wrestling. And, oh, it was the worst. Oh, and it, what the was worst. actually worse for me was we lined up in alphabetical order. My buddy TJ Howman, who another TJ, who was like the star wrestler on the team, would always be standing next to me. And every morning when gym class started, he just kind of, reached over and tapped me on my shoulder, let me know, all right, I'm you're picking you. You're about to get this work. So, yeah, and so TJ <laughs> was, this, uh, Mario Lopez oh, let me tell you, TJ was like the work. star wrestler on the team, so yeah. I, I literally got twisted up like a pretzel every day for about three weeks in gym tell class. Tell us about the, uh, the head of athletics at your school. They're saying, let's, put them, uh, let's pair them up in wrestling by alphabetical <laughs> order, not by size. No, not by size. By and I got, I got twisted so, up by TJ. Andrew and Ben, you guys are going to wrestle. <laughs> Andrew, you got Ben by 50 pounds, but uh, you guys will figure it out. But yeah, Gable Stevens. It's incredible. Incredible, Steve incredible Simon buzzer beater win, man. It's an awesome highlight. And, and what I was telling you is this guy now has options, yep. Ben. Like, what does Gable Stevenson do now? Right. He's been on the WWE's radar for years. So oh, okay. does he turn into Kurt Angle, who we know 25 years ago won the Olympic medal with a broken freaking neck? Yep. Does he turn into Henry Cejudo, go to the UFC? or does, Right. Does he go the traditional yeah. sports route right. or to musical yeah. theater? What would you do <laughs> okay, if you musical. were his? I, is, I right? wouldn't say it's that musical. in front of him, Ben. I wouldn't call it musical theater. Uh, or or the WWE, right? That's what it is. No? Uh, come on, man. Let's give them a little bit more respect. I, 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 I know. I, I have a lot of love for WWE. If he WWE, goes MMA, just, like, people punch you in the yeah, face there. For right? real. Also, guys, here's like, the, for real. No, but I, I meant the idea of do you go Hollywood and be yeah. an action star, pop up in Fast 10, Expendables 4, go do that route. Do you go the route where you're actually like getting go continue to compete and also there's another way like if anyone knows carlton hasselrig who is actually my god sister michelle's husband who unfortunately passed away last year six time 
NCAA Division II and Division I heavyweight wrestling champion, got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers after not playing college football and made the Pro Bowl in his third year. So Gable has options, man. He could go to the UFC, the WWE, or maybe try the NFL route. Can you imagine a war room on draft night in the NFL? Fifth round. Like, do we go to this with this lineman who was at Alabama? How about the wrestler who's never played football? I think we should go with him. But who won the gold medal? It's in, incredible, right? <laughs> That's where the it's late, really interesting the late process. rounds. Ben it makes lines. sense. Late you, rounds. Oh, late rounds. Flyer on the gold you take medal chances. Wrestler. But like I said, Carlton became a Pro Bowl guard in his third season for the Steelers. That's incredible. So, you know, this guy, it's going to be interesting to see yeah, what Gable cool does. Very cool moment in the Olympics last night, for sure. I appreciate you sharing me some real wrestling highlights in our production <laughs> meeting. We got some fun birthdays today. Brockman, what do we got? Uh, Celebrity birthdays, this date in history. Let's fire up a little bit. This date in history, 93, is the Fugitive Fugitive release, which obviously uh, we love that film. That film has a lot of scary scenes in daylight hours. Hard to do. (laughs) Most scary movies, it's at nighttime. There are a few in The Fugitive, obviously. But when it's daylight out and you're terrified, I think that always gets you. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Are you kidding me? Uh, when he's going through the one-armed man's apartment? It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. Daylight hours. Daylight man. hours. <laughs> I think that's the, uh, the cover of the, uh, the Red Box edition. That's hilarious. Straight 1999, guys. The Sixth Sense. Oh, man. Ooh. Another movie. Your dad totally love that scared. movie? No. He hates that movie. I see dead people. Uh, shut up. My daughter <laughs> hates The Sixth Sense. That is on a list of one of my dad's least favorite movies. Also, I a, loved- a movie not really rewatchable. You can only watch that once. Because yeah, because once you know it's, it knowing, is. No, that's knowing- not true, though, Chris. you got to watch more of because once you figure out what happened at the end, then you go back and you start to pick up everything. Yeah. Oh, wait the a second. He was ah, right there. Like, that is a movie you okay. have to watch at minimum. It's twice. amazing that like M Night had so much success with that film that basically bought him ten more chances to make a great movie. <laughs> yes, yes. He did. And it's a good business to be in. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Lady of the Water. Sometimes it does work out. Signs. So you know. So you look at a filmmaker. You did something great once. I'll give you 10 chances to go do it again. I, I, I got to see old because the premise looks wild. I liked when people yeah. were like, yeah, I knew. I knew he was. I was like, get out. Yeah, you did I'm not know. That also, I'm not that kind of moviegoer who's like, trying stop. to actively figure it out and be a step ahead of the twist. Right, I would I mean, rather the but story. But there's no way anyone could have figured that out. It's also yeah, M. Night's birthday with, today, by the way. Oh, shouts Ooh, out to Emma. Is that the movie with the biggest twist for you? Like, what was the biggest surprise ending for you guys. It's the sled. Um, That at the end of Eddie, the Knicks won the playing game. They beat the Hornets. They won a game that actually mattered. And they went on to the the NBA playoffs. I think it was a one-game playoff for the eighth spot. Goldberg got coach of the year. What they don't show you in Eddie is that Eddie. the big game in the end, it comes down to will the Knicks beat the Hornets for a chance to go to the playoffs to the eighth seed, and they got swept by the Bulls the next year. Oh. Vera Farmiga's 48 today was yeah. just watching Up in the Air. Yeah, fan of hers. I like Vera Farmiga. She had a, she's had a great career, and she was so good in that film. That film changed the way I travel. Because oh, now yeah. I'm on a mission to collect miles. That's all I'm <laughs> consumed with or care about is getting to that. Well, I, I want Sam Elliott to come out of the pilot uh, as a pilot and give me a little card sit down and a cocktail and say, congratulations. Here's your 10 million, million, million miles. Yeah. I thought it was like, be careful who you meet on the road because they might have a family and 
<laughs> not really wanting to have a relationship no, I'm just with to get you those because Delta they're just having on a mission to get that diamond oh, status okay, again. That's all I care it. about. But that's a great movie, and, and Vera's terrific uh, in that film. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> the Admiral guys, David Robinson, fifty-six years young, yeah. looks like he probably still play. Right, built a great uh, career for himself after basketball. A huge real estate developer, and I know oh. he's got a bunch of schools. And yeah, David Robinson, what a surprise! A leader off the court after his career. Yeah. And uh, probably the, one of the great nicknames that slept on the Admiral. Like he des- he deserved that. He earned that. Yeah. No. One right? thousand. Really cool that yeah. he's the Admiral. I love it. Wesley Odom Jr. turns forty today. Welcome Ooh. to the club, Wesley. Yeah. Man, that dude's talented. Yes, he is. Right. Yeah, we've had him on before. Yeah. You had him Amazing. on. To, please tell me you haven't had him on to host because probably have him again next week if you had your choice. <laughs> yeah, Ben. <laughs> sorry, Odom breaking Jr. news. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. is filling sorry, in. Sorry, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, <laughs> didn't have every single job in show business, so he wanted one more. <laughs> We're going to give him the Rich Eisen show next week. And guys, Ginger Spice, Mike, I know you're a favorite of the Spice Girls. 49 years young today. Mm. I was one of the only times I got starstruck at a club, TJ. When I was out in London one night, we had a table, and uh, Ginger Spice sat next to us at the table. It was like, oh, wow. What a club with a Spice Girl. A little starstruck in the club, I remember. This is a really good question for TJ, because I know your early days here in Los Angeles, you spent a lot of time at the club. Mm -hmm. What is the most starstruck you ever got out? (sighs) The most starstruck at the club? Ugh. Well, you know, I used to go to this club called Las Palmas in Hollywood back in the day, and if you ever looked at the Playboy and like the second third page of Playboy they'd always have like a the section which who was out about <laughs> out and about so you'd always see half of the table with like yeah. 12 girlfriends and I remember like going to Las Palmas to watch my my boy DJ AM just tear it up rest in peace and you'd walk in there and you'd see you know half with in a with with his crew and you just kind of stood there like wow this is real like, like this is this is real. This wow. is really happening. Like it's 2004. This Ja Rule song that's blasting must be so loud for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure there had to have been other other times where I was more starstruck, but that's just the first thing that popped into my I head. I told the story when I was starstruck in the club. I already told it on the show. I was wearing a sweater. It was Grammy weekend. <laughs> yes. I saw not only did I see Jose Canseco in the nightclub. That's not really, really got me super excited. I saw Ozzy Canseco in a night. Oh, Ozzy. Oh, my gosh. Do you know that they, they hold the record Breda. for most home runs for brothers in Major League Baseball? I think it's Jose with 480 and Ozzy with zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's a record for most home runs with brothers <laughs> in Major League Baseball. You guys didn't know that? Did Ozzy ever actually play in a meaningful game? So much Canseco talk on the show this week. We got to get him on next yeah. week. We got to get some fanny packs. We got to get some masks. Yeah. Will he send us a swag bag? Do you think that's possible? There's only 100 left, so we don't want him to give out his supply. Ozzy Canseco, <laughs> zero career home runs. Zero career yeah. home runs. years. Yeah. Better, better career. Ozzy Canseco, Chris Smith, J.R. Smith's brother. We got $2 million now to play for the Knicks. Toss I would, up. I would say Chris Smith probably got paid more. Yeah, but Ozzy played in games. I mean, only... By the way, he has 74 another, point appearances. Another member of my all starstruck in the nightclub team, Chris Smith, saw that guy out <laughs> and about on crutches in a nightclub. Anytime you're in a cast in a nightclub, it's time to go home. You know, guys, I just realized something. I remember the Money time I may sleeps. have been most starstruck oh, in the club. Nice. It was, there was a time, I think it was like 2009... I was in a club and I happened to walk and <laughs> this is so weird. I happened to escort out of the club because it was time to go. On one hand pulling me was Penelope Cruz. The other hand was Shakira. And I'm kind of walking them through butter in New York. And like everybody 
turn. Have you ever been? I'm sure you've been to Butter. It's in the basement. It's really packed. And I'm trying to help these two kind of get through the crowd. And everyone just stare, turned around and staring at me with Penelope Cruz and Shakira. And I was like, this is really, really weird. I have so many questions about this. Right I'm so angry you. that we don't have another segment coming up next <laughs> because I need to know so much about this. One, how... Why would you assume that I'd been to Butter? Because <laughs> you're you're a man about town, you know. You're you're, you're New York royalty. And, and then yeah. and then how did you get in that situation where you've got Shakira and Penelope Cruz, and now you're in a situation where you have Brockman and Del Tufo? I mean, like what hey, a star! Remember, remember earlier in the week I told you I peaked years ago. That's remember, remember at the start I, of the I, show I, we you, talked about Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson and powerful men. The only thing that haunts their soul is regret. I think that's what it's a nice way to bookend the show. <laughs> we started with the Hall of Fame talk of regrets when you've had success and power and you've been on top of the mountain. And now here we are. At and the here back we are with the these show. two jabronis. I'm still on top. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a start. You know why? Because no matter what, Mike, you got music. Yeah, got exactly. Music. You got music. That's all you need, buddy. Come together. Oh, man. Oh, please. Hey, everybody, have a great weekend. Yeah. Hey, have job. a great weekend. We'll this Enjoy was a fun Charles week, Charles Woodson's speech and the other 19 that are happening out in Canton. It's an incredible weekend, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to Rich, uh, his coverage of the show, of all the festivities, obviously. What, what's going on? We got breaking news. Brockman does have a tattoo? <laughs> he does well. Yes, that's why you can't fire him here at the Rich Eisen I show. I knew it. That looked like it hurts. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wow. It's Bust a great it out. Bust tattoo it out, Brockman. Rich Brockman. Talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs>